Hello and welcome to the PropTech Hot Seat on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon, the show where we explore the trends and technologies driving innovation across the built environment. This show is brought to you in partnership with PropTech Ireland, the hub for innovators, investors and indeed for industry leaders. In the PropTech the prop Hot Seat today is Natin Gowala and he's joining us from Dubai. Uh, Natin is the Chief Sales and Marketing Officer for Serge Ferrari, a manufacturer and seller of composite materials. And today we're going to discuss maybe some of the technical fabrics for use in the interior and exterior um, of around the built environment. And we'll take a look at maybe some of the innovation that this company is doing. And um, so, Natin, thank you for joining us. You're very welcome today. Thank you, Carol. Thank you for having me over. And it's my pleasure to to be with you on this uh, in, on this podcast. Very good. Um, so, Nitin, I, I mentioned there that um, Serge Ferrari is, of course, a, a global company. Um, you're joining us from Dubai, and I know your responsibility is around the EMEA area. Uh, so, but essentially, for anybody in the construction industry who is not familiar with your products, you might just give us an overview as to the the products and um, the offering globally. Yeah. So Search Ferrari, I mean, historically or uh, is also still now, it's a French company. In fact, we are in our 50th year of existence. Uh, it's um, so it's a primarily a French company, but now it's a bigger group having acquired some companies in Germany and different parts of the world. And uh, it's it's a world leader or market leader in composite materials. Um, for people who may not be so much familiar, we the other name we may say is technical fabrics. Uh, basically used for interior and exterior applications for varied uses, uh, depending on the kind of building and the structure you have. Um, so, and it's um, it's a B2B business in that sense. So we have um, uh, uh, customers and clients and direct purchasers. We take a distributor route or a direct manufacturer route to, to sell our products um, in, across the world to different customers and different applications. We identify uh, four strategic markets for our businesses, along with some additional uh, markets. Uh, I manage the business for um, Asia Pacific, Middle East, and Africa. So I'm shuttling my time between Singapore, which is my home base anyway, and uh, also different parts of the world. So now I'm in Dubai because we have a the world. So so that's that's what uh, is in brief uh, the company is. Very good. And you might just then take us through some of the, because there's a range of products and services there. And I know you touched on, um, before we start recording, you, you certainly touched on the manufacturing that's happening in France and Germany. But in say for, for products and services uh, that are available to the construction industry, you might just break those down now. Yeah. So um, as I said, we are uh, we have products both for interior and exterior. So I'll start with the interior part. Mm -hmm. So interior parts, we have the fabrics uh, for uh, for interior blinds, for interior ceilings, uh, for furniture. Uh, those are the primarily the three main products. So interior ceilings, and in, uh, we also have fabrics which we call as acoustic membranes, which can be used for ceiling and wall uh, finishes and even for blinds, uh, so that, that way. Um, obviously, each of these blinds and come with different characteristics and, and uh, features. Uh, in terms of a plus we also have a category called non-combustible uh, blinds which are required in some parts of the world depending on the fire norms and requirements then if you go on the exterior where there's a much bigger range we have exterior again exterior blinds uh, then we have uh, facades 
which are fixed facades uh, exterior blinds could be fixed could be motorizable or or manual operated but the exterior facades are are fixed uh, facades which help you to manage thermal and heat and other elements of the building and light uh, then we have awnings uh, fixed awnings and again retractable fabrics and then we also have um, pergolas which is a growing market for outdoor seating and restaurants so again that could be retractable or fixed then if you go on a higher application we have fabrics for uh, for tents for events uh, for temporary tents for warehousing and everything uh, also lodges which is a growing market for game reserves uh, people prefer that on a bigger part we have uh, fabrics for stadiums um, recently in qatar world cup we did five stadiums uh, we have done um, uh, 20 pavilions in dubai expo and across the world we've done many stadiums and continue to do so then we have fabrics which can be used for airports um, uh, walkways shadings amphitheaters name it so depending on the kind of design and the application and the expectation of the functionality uh, the designers can come out with the right um, specification of the fabric and we have it so so it's uh, it's available uh, then on the industrial part we have fabrics for biogas domes uh, for um, and then for water liners for fish farming and then on furniture as i mentioned for outdoor furniture and also for uh, marine applications which is a very key one so marine protection for yachts for um, for your uh, cruise liners the outside furniture so we have a multiple of uh, app, uh, products for different applications and each of them vertical is uh, through a different business model uh, it's still b2b but depending on the type of customer so if it's in blinds we will sell our fabric to a blind manufacturer if it's in tensile and big structures we will sell to tensile fabricators or converters as we call same in furniture we will sell to a furniture manufacturer so it's again varies as per the market and nitin you referred to technical fabrics as the fifth element of construction essentially yes. and i think that might be a surprise to some people you know when they hear you talk about um the use of this this type of material for uh the exterior of permanent structures yes yes um So where does that fit in in terms of building standards and safety you know from a compostability point of view and and obviously sustainability that's that's driving so many of our design choices right now So as I said when it comes to exterior fabrics obviously that's where the real technicality comes there are uh, different kinds of elements there you have fabrics which are polyester coated with pvc then you have fabrics which are glass yarns coated with ptfe with a higher combustibility index so depending on what's the structure is say for example a stadium then there would be obviously the final client it could be a country it could be a sports ministry in a country and then um, after that they will work with the designers or engineers or well known architects across the world who generally would be quite aware of these uh, kinds of products and depending on the design they want to do then the whole structure and concept is created there are technical softwares which are obviously you have to go a one to two years technical full course like a mini engineering course to become an expert to do that designing the softwares may run in the range of 30 to 50000 euros to uh, to have that software so all that software also takes into account where you are based which part of the world you are based what are the energy loads what are the wind loads water and everything so they they create a, a design with a certain safety factor and that's where then uh, after that once the final client approves 
then you start going about okay how do you do the patterning the cutting and the welding so people are experts on that and these kind of structures when they are kept in mind or designed or or a product is defined it's with a certain life you know you may talk about 10 15 20 25 30 40 you have many stadiums which are there still 30 35 40 years in dubai the biggest landmark i say is burj al arab which everybody knows that in the ship hull uh, shape that's a fabric not many people know that even in dubai they think it's a panel or whatever but that white color is actually a fabric and we are in the 25th year of that uh, project so so um, now that gives confidence to people to understand that yes this is something uh, it can last and more importantly you come out with those fixed elements as i said whether you use brick steel or i mean uh, steel is anyway used where you're making a fabric structure but you're using brick stones or whatever there you have very less flexibility to play with the shape sometimes here you can actually convert your dreams into reality or you know the imagination into reality and create your own unique iconic signature structure you know which every designer and architect or of final client aims to have that okay this becomes my postcard of my city or my country in in that sense so i think that's where this uh, kind of material really helps uh, people who really wish to you know explore that i i love when you talk about that um that these materials allow architects to really play with the design because that is every architect's dream and i mean you particular you reference a particularly iconic building there you know the the shape is instantly recognizable in any context and i mean that again must be the hallmark of successful design but in terms of innovation then how closely are you working with designers i mean which is the driving force are you driving um this or are you reacting to are you more responding to maybe architects trying to achieve more and more ambitious and iconic designs i would say it's both obviously um uh, sometimes uh, when projects are at very initial stage then we try to work with the design firms or the architect firms the bigger firms when they are working normally when it's a big project it's the bigger firms who are working who obviously will have their own design team but sometimes what we also bring to the table is the uh, possibilities to share the different kinds of materials which are there not only which they may have used it in the past but also some new developments of new products which are coming and that helps them to think also differently and even explore like many years back stadiums never had facades now facades has become an integral part of the stadiums because you can really play you can play with the branding you can play with the lighting and still you are able to you know give good comfort for people third element which has now got added is acoustics inner acoustics inside the stadium so so that's also we have a fabric for that so now people have become more open on that so when they are working on it these are the things we bring to the table but sometimes when there are smaller projects or design firms they may not have the necessary infrastructure or team to do the design we also have an in-house design support where we'll work with them try to give few options on the table so that people are not saying okay when it comes to membranes there's only one kind of design i see we are also able to bring few more uh, elements uh to feed them so in that sense then they can decide okay yeah okay this looks interesting why not i go for this uh and it matches with the ethos of my values which i want to bring or the the culture of a city or a country in that sense so so we are able to bring that also on table so it's a it's a mutual reg- regular uh, interactions 
uh, it takes time you know big projects if you have to deliver say in um, in 5 years time i mean like stadiums in qatar the world cup was last year but the work was already done by 2019 but the construction was done 2019 you imagine the design would have been maybe 2014 or 15 and 16 so so there's a longer time on a bigger project so we we are involved very closely um it's interesting to hear you talk about uh, the acoustic benefits particularly for um these stadia and, and other um huge event centers because what we're seeing increasingly is that you know cities are becoming denser more compact yes. and yet we still need these large venues uh we're trying to get more people to live back in the heart of city centers and yes we know there's a growing intolerance to noise in fact it's it's being labeled as as one of the largest environmental uh nuisances um uh, and um noise pollution is a problem that cities right around the world smartest cities are actively uh, resourcing and targeting so actually from the acoustics point of view and the innovation how how much of that is external and how much of that is internal so i i can your can your acoustic fabrics be used internally so for example we see in office space we see that one of the things post covid keeping people out of the workplace and working remotely is that actually they 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 have a complete intolerance to office noise the, the normal workplace noise that they would have been accustomed to prior to 2019 now people just can't concentrate with it so now suddenly we're seeing huge that that's a huge consideration now for interior designers also do your materials work both interior and exterior for that absolutely so when it if i start from exteriors it's mostly for covered exteriors yeah. meaning it's still under the roof um and then for interiors it can be used for ceilings it can be on walls and the fact that you can even print on them and the way we normally i prefer to talk about acoustics is that we are not in the sound proofing business what i say the fabrics help you to distinguish between bad noise and good sound right so you're going in a restaurant you're you're a team a friend group of five or six people right you still want to talk to each other and listen each other but what you want to do is not be conditioned or influenced by these uh, tables around you that you're not able you have to shout to each other who is just say a meter away or a half a meter away across the table so that's where uh, acoustic fabrics work because what they do is they absorb the sound and the ref- the reverberation back or the reflection back is not so much compared if it was a open wall surface or some other surfaces which are immediately reflecting the sound so that's what the acoustic fabric does so it creates a comfortable space of working where you can still talk converse you know uh, be with each other because we are not talking about a recording room here because then it's a total different kind of uh, element so what you want to make is a comfortable space and that's where uh, acoustic fabrics play a role but you're absolutely right unfortunately there are not many i would say context given to that you know uh, in terms of um, um uh, while designing it's always a kind of an afterthought uh, it's not part of the original part like uh, the aesthetic part is the key part right beyond that nobody is talking about this but people also now i suppose little bit more awareness is coming because there's because of covid this mental uh, you know uh, workspace wellness mental element has started gaining more traction right so people have started realizing that sound does play a part uh, so, but it's still a long way uh, in that sense because people think oh it's an added cost but if people start thinking at the design stage itself it can make a lot of difference in fact we have blinds itself which can absorb 
um, you know, reflect back a lesser amount of sound, which in a way then serves both the purposes. Not only you get a good aesthetic of the room and protect yourself from light and heat, but at the same time, it plays a role of um, acoustics and without, you know, being kind of a, a something exterior, something coming out, hitting the eye as if it looks out of place. You know, it's part of the yeah. design. So, so this is some education we try to do when we are meeting the designers, but it's still a long gap which exists in terms of being aware and being open to to explore that i am i i'm really glad that you brought this up because actually the whole you know you've hit a very important point there and i think it's worth repeating that actually when it comes to uh, particularly workplace noise and and venue noise actually the answer isn't silence and there is this growing industry and the, and this growing science of soundscaping and um, so actually we know that silence isn't the answer it's actually to get that flow and balance of sound right and that creates to the soundscape and in fact um in terms of, of workplace well-being i know the well building institute has done a whole body of really innovative and, and exciting work on this and and there's a lot of new science now available um that is really contributing and you're absolutely right if we can get this at design stage so actually the education factor really needs to be amongst um designers architects but also for the building, the whole, the development and building community to understand that this is of key importance and to resource it because designers are increasingly seeing the importance of it, but they can only do that if the budget is there, if the design is there, if it's being resourced. So it's actually the the the, the development and construction side that we need to actually really I think raise the awareness around soundscaping but it's for anybody who has an interest in this I definitely recommend go on to the Well Building Institute and take a look at some of their recent reporting on soundscapes it's absolutely fascinating and so it's exciting to hear the technology and the innovation that you're working on to be able to actually capture that and, and bring that to life and practice so that's that's a really interesting one um, and I suppose the, the next one obviously we need to talk about is sustainability because that is such a huge driving factor for any construction product innovation right now so in terms of sustainability because you have the benefit of I, I, I know that you mentioned that um in your company kind of there's a responsibility the the globe the planet is is broken in two in terms of responsibility but there's a there's a global awareness of maybe the trends that are happening so around sustainability trends globally what are you seeing as the driving forces for construction material innovation i think um uh, part of it is driven by obviously the climate accord and different companies i mean countries are signatory to it uh, to the accord and it's mostly more more or less nearly all the countries so they have to meet certain criteria uh, so there's a good buzz around that within the countries uh, for sure then it immediately translates uh, when you look at a building and now in a building how the building is made what are the different materials used and at the same time what energy is consumed by that uh, building in that sense so then it automatically comes down to when you look at composite materials because um, in composite materials there are many elements in fact search ferrari is the only end-to-end -end company starting making our own yarns uh, you know and and to the making the final product so we are much more in control of our process and that's why our products more uh, technical uh, technology superior uh, so it also gives us a chance then to work with our suppliers to understand their processes how sustainable they are you know whether uh, a yarn supplier for example or a or a raw material for a yarn supplier 
or pigments or raisins or any other things which are needed for different kind of features and and uh, and uh, uh, technicalities which uh, which a product should give so it helps us to look at even what are the different alternative materials which are there so we are we have a very strong r&d department we spend nearly 3 to 4% of our annual turnover on r&d and part of that we have a team in that which is focusing on future technologies future alternative materials which may which may come and how do they impact uh, in terms of not only the processes but also what kind of material we are able to bring out which can suffice that you know whether it's in terms of can be degraded can be recycled or itself the materials coming through recycling uh, recycled materials or how you can um, not uh, damage or how you when you do with designing like exterior facades you can actually reduce uh, reduce the thermal load on the building to the tune of 70 80 percent now how do we educate on that also so all these elements are a key part of our strategy we've identified a key driver message through what we say is csh hr and we've added the human element because finally it boils on all of us and the driving force in that is plus equals zero meaning can we do more with less so in fact if today we are doing x of sales can i do 2x of sales but use the same kind of consumption which i'm using for x now that's what uh, we are trying to work on also um so as a responsible company so this is uh, an ongoing continual process uh, there's a lot of efforts which are going on uh, sometimes okay we are pushed in a certain direction much faster sometimes we take it on our initiative that it has to be done uh, for the betterment so that's one element we are also trying to change in terms of our internal policies right when it comes to company rental vehicles what kind of vehicles are we proposing to our employees what kind of environment are we creating in our own offices uh, so those kinds of things we are trying to also work that it's not only about the products we sell but also how we work and uh, connect and um, and that's becoming part of our messaging when we work with our customers and architects and sometimes we say okay this material if you use this is the advantage it can help you to get a maybe a platinum lead rating or some other kind of rating in any part of the world uh, to help them uh, you know fulfill the the requirements um I, I I think it's very important what you say there that actually irrespective of the product and service and offering uh, and the innovation that's going into this actually what we're seeing is that the ethos of sustainability does start at the core it starts if, if you can't do it within your own operations it's very difficult to convince the marketplace that you can do it credibly outside of that so I, th I think that that's a, a, an important message to kind of repeat to the industry and um, listen I don't know if it's an accurate figure but I've read that uh, 80% of all the buildings that will be on earth by 2050 have already been constructed. So on that basis, can your products and services be used equally to retrofit and bring existing buildings up to scratch? Or are you solely focused on the new build, new development side? No, no, we can. And that's where um, I think there are two elements which we bring to the table. One is the exterior facades, because um, if you have to renovate a building, it's an old building. So the only way you can do is take it down or maybe change the glass or maybe change the paint. But in the end, the consumption of the building towards energy, you will never be able to change. So that's where exterior facades, if you put, those actually block nearly 75 to 80% of thermal heat coming inside the building, while it still gives you the same kind of comfort inside the building to the, to the occupant, they do not lose the view through. They are still able to feel they are connected to the exterior environment. And at the same time, inside they have a good, I would say, uh, light ambience, uh, less of glare, 
the heat is managed well, the air conditioning load goes down. We have certain case studies which are proven of commercial buildings where it kind of transformed not only aesthetically the building to increase the occupancy rate and the ROI, but also give an energy saving. So this is uh, also a key element we try to push. We participate in a lot of uh, Zach, I mean, a lot of facade conferences um, uh, across the world. And one of the messages we try to give is about this, that um, how exterior facades you can manage the aesthetics, the lighting, the energy, the sustainability part, the load of uh, this. So for sure, um, the exterior, uh, the existing buildings you can do uh, on the inside. If you just want to do on the inside, then it's about using the right kind of blinds, the right kind of acoustic material. So those kind of comfort you can do. Um, and then uh, if you have a structure where you're looking for, uh, you know, more about comfort to people also, then you kind of do... Uh, the coverings where the fabric um, element is easy to install. You can cover open space between two buildings. You can create an open space which is there already, but you want to make it more usable. You can easily install the fabric because in that sense, um, it's it's quite easy to do. So those are the elements where the composite material or the technical fabrics uh, bring to the table for the existing buildings. Uh, how receptive to innovation is the industry, I, I, you know, on the ground um, for your team going out on the ground, how receptive is the industry? Is it willing to embrace innovation? Yes, it is. Um, so when you talk about the industry, it's about either the suppliers or the manufacturers. And then the other element which play a very key role is the influencers, as I say, which are more the architects, designers and engineering firms. I think uh, in innovation, I would say it depends again, company to company, how much money they are willing to put and either they are followers and leaders. We pride ourselves to say that we are the leaders. We invest so much money on this. So we wish to take the lead, even though others may follow or not follow. That's not um, really important for us. And then also understanding from these um, architects, influencers, designers or engineers, how things are changing, what are they expecting? So we are happy to work sometimes, come back and work on certain products and projects uh, to develop a specific product even for their requirement, uh, which is which is related to that. Because other building materials, everybody knows. Now, these are things where they also feel there's a lot of possibility to innovate because you know you can change the yarn, you can change the, uh, the certain other raw material create a total different kind of product. So yes, people are open. We are they are also open to listen to us if we bring something on the table and um, and uh, willing to experiment and try also. That's that's a positive one. And I suppose with the benefit of your global perspective, um, can you point to one particularly one particular country or geographic location that's maybe taken the lead in terms of innovating innovating for the built environment? Actually, there are many, I would say, but um, I would say China comes to me as one very example uh, where, I mean, they innovate with structures, with shapes, with um, with elements of energy uh, to, to make a very unique, iconic thing. Uh, we see that now happening a lot also in some of the other Asian countries, um, uh, like in India or Southeast Asia. Uh, but having said that, even in Europe, uh, even in uh, Africa or other parts, you see that, you know, when the new structure is coming, there's that element of, okay, sustainability, comfort and everything. And uh, so I would say it is happening everywhere. For sure, the level of intensity and the openness about that um, is is varies. Uh, and finally, there's also sometimes the element of budget and how much money uh, people are willing to uh, to spend because some of these things 
sometimes may end up a little bit uh, costing more than uh, than less in that sense so so that also plays a part very good and finally thank you for being so generous with your time today but uh, finally what kind of innovation can we expect from the surge ferrari team over the next kind of a uh, 18 to 24 months well i would say um, i think among what we are already doing mm-hmm. i would more say about more um, working towards finding um, alternative solutions of different raw materials and different products we are already working on there's a very interesting product which we've recently in, uh, brought out which is targeting the transparent market which we call a structural uh, fluorinated transparent envelope which is really targeting the transparent market but giving a functionality of a very strong product so you can do long walkways you can do greenhouses you can do uh, some parts of the stadium also where you need lighting but a good comfortable lighting at the same time you can have a good view through that you feel you're still under the sky so that's something we are working on uh, we have some developed some new non combustible materials because certain countries um, um, are requiring that so we're working on that uh, those combinations so these are few things which uh, people can expect uh, to see in the coming uh, 12 18 24 months very good thank you so much and that's all we've time for today uh, thank you Nitin for joining us and for sharing your expertise today um, that was Nitin Govilla Chief Sales and Marketing Officer for Surge Ferrari also my thanks to producer Katie Tallon and the production team at Hear Me Roar Media if you enjoyed this episode please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out the other real estate and construction shows on iProperty Radio before we go we'd like to give a special word of thanks to the sponsor PropTech Ireland the hub for innovators investors and indeed for industry leaders So uh, thank you for making these conversations possible. And thank you indeed for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode of PropTech Hot Seat here on iProperty Radio. Thank you, Carol. And thank you all for having me over. Great pleasure and enjoyed this conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Nitin.